0: This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast
1: Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast.
0: Welcome in this week to SETN Preps. Chris Goforth, Chandler Morrison, glad to be with you. The regular season in high school football in Tennessee is finished. We made it. We did it. We got through it. Eleven weeks of high school football is is in the books, and now all the attention turns to what will be the final five weeks of this season. So, Chandler, uh, I think a lot of people had questions. A lot of people said, you know, we were wrong for uh, wanting to see a season happen. And, uh, you know, for the most part, look, did we come through it completely unscathed? No. I think the people in South Pittsburgh and the people in Red Bank which I believe are the two programs in our area that were hit the hardest with this, not that they themselves necessarily were hit by it, but their schedule was impacted the most by it. would might want to argue uh, whether or not we came through it unscathed, but at the end of the day, um, we had a, you know, uh, I think all things being considered here, I think we had a pretty good season.
1: Yeah, and I think the big thing was that, you know, I didn't I – don't, I don't think that – I think we stated that we knew that we were going to get out of this thing unscathed. We knew there were going to be issues, and there were issues just about every week. There was at least one team that had their schedule affected, uh, whether it was a team out of our area, whether it was a team they played, whether it was a rival, you know. And I, I think that that was one of the things that we kind of learned in 2020, that it was big, you know. And uh, it, it created for some interesting scenarios toward the end of the season there, especially in Region 3-3-A, which I'm still kind of, uh, I was kind of excited about, and then all of a sudden, uh, we'll talk about that later, but Brainerd lost that game and, you know, kind of made it made a way for Red Bank. But, um, you know, it made some pretty interesting scenarios there at the end of the season because you had to look at it. it was. You know, by the way, it was a headache for me and John to have to go through and try to figure out who was going to be in the playoffs and where they were going to be in the playoffs because sometimes we didn't have a result from a game. We didn't know if it was a COVID win or not or, or what it was, and it was all confusing. But... Uh, it's been a great year. It's just been a, uh, a hard year, I should say.
0: <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get into it. We'll take a look back. This is our review episode that we do every week, where we take a look back at the previous Friday nights action, and we kind of break it down for you here, Chandler. Let's start with a game that, you know, last week when we were previewing these games, we tried to keep our focus solely on games that had a uh, some sort of a playoff impact. Now. The game that we're going to talk about first here, Marion County and Ray County, wasn't a game that had any kind of playoff implications tied to it. Correct ones. But Marion County comes through and they get the win in this, and I feel like this is a fantastic win for Marion County. They didn't just beat a good team, Chandler, they beat a good 5A team. Ray just made way too many mistakes, and give Marion County credit because they capitalized on it. Ray had five turnovers, and I think Marion County played really well. Tay Hutchins for Marion County, 24 carries, 187 yards, and a touchdown. He passed for another touchdown. Marion County is going to go as far as he can take them because he's the best offensive weapon. They've got some nice complementary pieces around him, but he is the best offensive weapon that they have. He is the guy that, you know, he, he's the guy that stirs the drink where they're concerned. Marion finished with 450 yards of total offense in this game. Mm. For Ray County, look, they had a chance to finish off a regular season unbeaten and roll into the playoffs at 10-0. and 0. This is not the way they wanted to see their season, final week of the regular season, play out. But I give Marion County credit. Look, it's, it's one thing when somebody gives you the ball five times on turnovers, but it's a whole nother story when you turn it into 450 yards of total offense. So give Marion County credit. Uh, This is a heck of a win for them. I mean a heck of a win. You know,
1: Westmoreland, who is Marion County's first-round opponent, has known they're going to play Marion County for a while because of the nature of those regions and how they kind of fix themselves up early. If you're Westmoreland, or any of those teams in the other region like Watertown, who would, they would play in the second round if they beat Westmoreland, you got to be scared out of your mind at this point because you have no idea what just happened. If you know anything at all about Ray County, you are terrified that Marion County beat them. And whether this is a fluke or not or whatever it is, Chris, you got to be terrified if you're in that other region. For Ray County, a lot of, I think a lot of people would look at this and say, well, maybe it gives them that like, you know, a lot of teams that are looking to go undefeated, it takes the pressure off of you when you get that first loss and you're still alive and you're still able to play. But I don't know if it's going to do that for Ray County. I think this just takes a lot of confidence out of you. It has to take you down a couple of notches because it's right before the playoffs. It's, it's a 2A team. You just didn't go out there and play well. You were They were at Ray County, I believe, because they had actually moved that game. Right. To Ray County because because of the field conditions, I guess at Marion County, you know, Ray County. Not to say it's bad, but Ray County has turf. I believe is that right, Chris? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ray yeah. County has so,
0: turf. They've got the artificial grass, and at Marion County, you've got, got one of the
1: first public schools to get turf in our area, I believe. Yeah, they they,
0: they were, and, it, and at Marion County, you know, that field gets used now. I don't I don't think they have a field anymore at the middle school. So you got the middle school that plays there. You got the peewee stuff that goes on there. So mm-hmm. that field gets gets a lot of wear. Uh, over the course of the year, and then you turn around and you add in all of the rain that we had late last week to it till um I, I think they f- felt like it was that was probably the best thing to do would be to move and and uh and play that game at, at Ray and Ray's got phenomenal facilities man the oh, yeah. I think that stadium at Ray county is as nice um, as anybody in the area. It's gorgeous. But to have to go to Ray County and
1: have to beat them on their home turf—a a, a good a team—is there. Like, we can't state this enough. This is not just a 5A team they beat, Chris. It's a great 5A team. It's a 5A team that might make the second and third round of the playoffs, possibly, depending on how things go over there and how they kind of finagle their way in. It's pretty tough, Chris. After you haven't—you played a pretty tough schedule, Chris. You haven't played anybody below 4A this year. They had Red back on the schedule. They never played because of COVID. But when you lose to a 2A team, a 2A team that – now, after this, you might think, I don't know, they're probably not going to make a championship run. They might make a quarterfinal. Who knows? I don't know, Chris. Who knows after this win where they're going. But they're probably not going to be a championship team. I just don't think those expectations are realistic for Marion County even after this win. But, you know, that's got to go down. A, A few nuggets on this one, Chris, before I go on. The last time Ray County lost to a 2A team or lower was 2002. And that was against Boyd Buchanan. They lost thirty-nine twenty. The Bucks went on to be a state runner-up that season. Okay, so uh, it was a really good team. They lost to that year. Nugget Ray County. Get your barbecue sauce out, Chris, because you're going to love this. Oh, Ray County has never lost to a public school below three A or below double A as far back as my records go. And my records go back to 1974. Wow. So if you take now, Boyd Buchanan was technically at that point a two a one a team, I believe. Right? Yes, <clears throat> yeah, they were one a, right? But they were a private school, so uh, you know that you, you include them in that. But they haven't lost to a public school below three a since then, and they haven't really played a lot of one a two a or single a opponents, um, as you would call them back in the day in their history. They haven't played a lot. I think I was I, I think there was one that was close. I think Tyner was double a back in the day. Uh, I think you had told me, Chris. They actually lost to Tyner back in like 1988. That was the other time or whatever. But mm. um, this is only the second time Marion County has beaten Ray County. By the way, last time they did this, 1995, and they went on to win a state championship that year. They beat on, uh, Marion County, beat them like 42-13 that year. So, uh, and by the way, for Marion County, not as impressive. But the last time they beat a 5-18 more bigger was 2010, Cumberland County, 22-13. I believe that was at home, if I'm not mistaken. But Uh, Those are a lot of good nuggets, I I hope, Chris. I hope you had the barbecue sauce
0: and were able to kind of get some flavor up in the mouth. Tasty, Chandler. Tasty. Those were tasty. All right, let's move on to our our next game. Let's go Red Bank and Loudon. I don't want to say I told you so, Chandler, but I'm pretty sure that if you go back and you listen to last week's podcast on Friday, I told you then that I thought Red Bank was a more talented team than Loudon. They just had to get over the hump. You know, they just had to start believing that they could do it, and Red Bank did. It was a 13 nothing win. There is a new king in Region 3-3A, and it's the Red Bank Lions. They went literally in a span of 24 hours from finishing third in that region to being region champions. And I really think that all is right with the world because this is the way that it – It's not the way that it should have played out, but the end result is what it should have been. Red Bank is the best team in that region. They're the most talented team in that region. They're the most athletic team in that region, and this was the way it was supposed to go. Red Bank was supposed to win the region title this year, and doggone it, at the end, again, it wasn't the road to the region title that everybody would have thought they would have had but by golly, they got there.
1: And I will remind people that Red Bank has not lost on the field yet this season. They are still technically an undefeated team because they don't take a loss for the COVID incident. Since they had COVID all three times they've had to cancel games, Chris, they technically never took a loss. The other teams just took a win. So they are still technically an undefeated team. I don't know how the TWS, I think that's the way the T Bulls double A looks at it. I don't want this to be lost on anybody. When you looked at that schedule for this season, Chris, did you ever imagine they, they would be able to go through that gauntlet undefeated? Even if just like technically because they had certain games they couldn't play, did you ever think they would be able to get through that gauntlet yeah. undefeated, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, I fully oh, wow. expected okay. Red
0: Bank to be 10-0. and 0. I,
1: I, Fully I don't know, expected. I, expected I, I didn't expect it to be 10-0. I expected it to be 9-1 and 1 at the beginning of the season. I, I really did. Um, if we got through the full season and they played everybody, I would expect them to be nine and one. I figured they would drop one along the way, not to their own fault, but just because that's the nature sometimes when you have that tough of a schedule. Um, by the way, in fact, the last two losses they suffered uh, were against Loudon last year in the regular season and in the quarterfinals. If you take those two losses out, they haven't lost any home. They haven't lost. Uh, they haven't lost any home games except for that Loudon game last year in the span of three years. One one home loss in that time. If you take those Loudon games out, they haven't lost a home game since 2017 and a region game since 2015, outside of that one in-season loss to Loudon last season. Um, but, but listen, Chris, Red Bank has built a local dynasty, and as, as, as well as you can build it, having Alcoa breathing down your neck every time you go in the playoffs. And you talk, like you said, talk about the football gods being on Red Bank's side without that Brainerd loss, Chris. I want to remind people. They could not have even had a home playoff. Not if they wouldn't get the 1C, Chris. They could not have even had a home playoff game had Brainerd won that game against McMinn Central. That's right. And now they're the 1C because they had a loss and a win. And talk about the luck with all the COVID games they've had this season. You thought We thought it was going to be very negative for them, but it turned out it worked itself out. And I think that's that's the great thing about this was a lot of times I talk on Playoffology all the time about how it's kind of unfortunate that we know this is the better team, but because of the record, they're going to be the two seed or the three seed or whatever. But, but Chris, I want, I want people to know Region 3A, you know, they had the football gods looking down on it because I really do think that Red Bank was one, Loudon was two, Brainerd was three, and then, of course, Signal Mountain, who would beat Sweetwater, is four. I think they really got it right. Other regions, you look around, it just feels like they're so off because of how the, this is seeded. But I think the football gods are really, really looking down on Region three a
0: Yeah, Chris Brown's done a fantastic job at, at, at Red Bank, kind of guiding that program. And, you know, they have really had a, a sustained amount of success there. Yeah. Going back to, I mean, people want to talk about, you know, when Tom Weathers was the head coach there. But, I mean, I think they, you know, going, I could go back with it to when Tim Daniels was the head coach there. Red Bank's just had a lot of, you know, continued success. They haven't had that bottom-out, you know, three and seven, two and eight kind of year. Red Bank's always been right there and they've always been in the thick of it. And um, they've been good. It's going to be fun to watch them next year because Red Bank will move up next year. They will go to 4A. Soddy Daisy's dropping down from 5A to 4A. So the Red Bank Soddy game is going to have a whole bunch of you know implications on it next year. That's always been a big rivalry and it's going to be even more when those two hook up next year. You're also going to have East Hamilton in there. You know, you're going to have East Hamilton, uh, you know, Central and East Ridge and all those will be in there. But you're talking about Red Bank, Soddy, and East Hamilton all being in the same region next year. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun. That's going to be fun.
1: I want to see that battle for fourth place.
0: Oh, I do too. I
1: mean, I want to see the battle for first <laughs> place. We we, we, know, we know it's going to be one, two, three. We just don't know the order. We I want to see who gets fourth in that region, Chris, because that will be crazy. Oh, my Lord. But, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's just – Redback has just been consistently just good over the years. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I think their, their chances are actually better being in 4A than they are in 3A because you have Alcoa in 3A. I don't know what you think about that, but I think we talked about that last week. But I think their chances go up significantly moving up than they are staying down in three A, and by by the way, that that Saudi game is usually like what the first game of the year for them. Well, and
0: I wonder if they will. That has here over the last couple of years. That has been the first game of the season, and I really wonder if they won't try to move that now since it's going to be a region game. If they won't try to push that back a couple of weeks and play it later in the year. Now um, yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. You know, I, and nothing's official yet on these regions either. But that's that's kind of the way it looks right now. So. I am. Um, I'm interested to see once they set their their region weeks and where that game falls. I, you know that is a great rivalry, and uh, you know look forward to uh, look forward to seeing those two back in the same uh, uh, the same region again. Should be fun. Let's go to our next one. Let's go to McMinn and Bradley County. McMinn County, Bradley County. Bradley had a 14-13 lead at the half. I saw this one in person on Friday night, and the difference in this game was in the second half. McMinn County's offensive line pretty much took over the game. And the push they got Friday night was amazing in that second half. Uh, Jalen Hunt, we've talked about him all year here, 292 yards. He needed 105 yards coming into that game to go over 5,000 yards for his career. And he finished with 292 yards. So he's got over 5,100 rushing yards now. McMinn showed they are the number two team in that region. Maybe they can get a rematch with Mariville in the playoffs, Chandler.
1: Yeah, and Chris, like I said last week, uh, if you get that matchup, the, the the analytics on this, Chris, show that if you can get that matchup with Maryville the second time around, your chances of winning that game are through the roof, Chris. And I, I know people don't like to look at analytics. I know people there are people out here that look at Moneyball and scoff and hate it, but... <laughs> What's your opinion of Moneyball, Chris? Do you like that movie? You ever seen
0: it? Uh, Yeah, the book is way better than the movie. First off, okay. Uh, Okay. So don't you know the movie's nice? Okay, the movie you like. I took my wife. We went to the theater and we watched Moneyball in the theater. She enjoyed it. Now she would never read the book. Okay, because Mm. the book is way too. It's it's too much baseball. Oh yeah. Uh, So. You know, the movie's nice. You can watch that with your wife or your girlfriend. But if you really want to get the real story, read the book. The book's tremendous. Here's what's happening now. The, the whole Moneyball thing is taking over professional sports. It's not just, mm-hmm. it's not just baseball now. It's, it's football. It's, it's basketball. Yep. It's everything. I mean, they use it now in the NFL. It's being used in, in the NBA. So, uh, you know, it, it's here to stay. I still think. Uh, with most sports that the, you know, as I, I say it all the time with, with baseball, I still think the most important stats for a guy are the stats on the back of the baseball card. You know, what's his batting average? How many home runs did he hit? How many RBIs did he get? You know, what's his on-base no percent? Base? Yeah, what's yeah. his on-base percentage, and did he steal some bases? And that's, you know, to me, and I feel the same way with football. I just think that there's... You know, sometimes I think you can get so caught up in the numbers that you, you lose sight of of where you should really be. But nonetheless, there it is. So, anyways, the analytics for
1: this game. Uh, not talking about baseball, talking about McMinn County and their potential matchup with Maribel, If they can just get to that game, Chris, I think that's the big thing because they got to go through and they got to beat Dominic Bennett, who is the number one seed on the other side, which I think is a possibility, Chris. And then they got to get get to that quarterfinal matchup um, against Marable. And if they can do that, Chris, like you said, or like I said, you know, I think they can do it. But like, like I said last week, what they did with Marable was unprecedented. The last time someone held them to 21 points was years and years and years ago. And the last time someone held them to under 30 points uh, in the season and then played them again, that other team won that second matchup. And it was hands down a blowout, Chris. So, I hope that they get another matchup because I think the stats and the analytics here match up really well, and I think they can. I think, I think Bo Cagle and that staff is—they're really able to kind of analyze some stuff and just go in and fix what they did wrong. I think that's where they kind of didn't get blown out by as much as Bradley Central did earlier. You know, a week or two earlier, because I think Bradley Central wasn't able to adjust as much to Maribel, and as much they weren't able to adjust as much as Maribel did, right? McMinn County was able to adjust as much as Mariville did in the second half. Mariville just had better athletes on the field there in the second half. That's what
0: it came down to. Yeah, well, Mariville had, remember now, Mariville had 12 guys that didn't play against McMinn because they had injuries. I mean, yeah. because of, of COVID or injuries. They had 12 guys out for that game. So. Yeah. And, and also, too, I, I think that stylistically, McMinn County is a better matchup for Mariville than what Bradley is. Bradley mm-hmm. is uh, – I just think going up against Mariville with the, with a spread offense, you're not going to beat them. I think you yeah. have to play the way McMinn does. Um, Time
1: clock control.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think you got to play – got to shorten the game and run the football, and that's exactly what McMinn does. So I hope they get there. I hope they get back to him I'd love it, to it see feels, them beat them.
1: It feels to me like in 6A, Chris, you get a lot more – because you have the athletes to do this, but you get a lot more of the spread in the six A, like larger schools like that, that's why Ray County is such kind of an oddity because they like to run the football a lot. But you get a lot of the spread, you know, in five A that is. But in six A, you get a lot of spread. I think it's why Maryville does so good because they have the the spread. It doesn't come down to what you do; it comes down to most of the time, it comes down to who has the better athletes when yeah. you're running the same thing. It's it's anyways, all about the
0: it's all about the Jimmys and the Joes. Yeah.
1: And 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 like you said, Chris, I think this came down to McMinn County's offensive line. Um, McMinn County had Bryce Goodner. Bradley Central did not. Uh, you know, and, and a slew of other, you know, linemen that are great. You know, Bryce Goodner's is just the one that steps off your, your top of your tongue. Uh, when, when you jump out of a pool and, you know, without any you know, without any effort at all, that gets you right on top of my list anyway. I'm I'm, I'm there for the linemen. I really, really am. Um, I think this does well for me. I think it shows me. I would have liked to see them blot out Bradley Central a little bit more or take control earlier in that game. But to me, I think this bodes well for them and, and getting down later into uh, the playoffs.
0: All right, let's go to our next game. We're going to stay in that 6A region, and let's go Cleveland-Ottawa now. A heartbreaker for Cleveland. Uh, I mean, a heartbreaker for Ottawa, rather, to see Cleveland come back and get the win the way they did. Ottawa was leading late in that game, 30-22, to 22, and looks like they may be on their way to winning that game. And then Ottawa's quarterback, Fisher Perry, was knocked out of the game. And when he went out of the game, that's when things kind of unraveled. Uh, for Udawah, and I certainly hope thoughts and prayers with uh, Fisher-Perry, and I hope that he's fine because uh, he's, he's a special player at, uh, at Udawah. So that give, uh, gives Cleveland the, the final playoff spot there and ends Udawah's season. And I give Cleveland credit because they made the plays at the end that they had to. They never gave up. They just hung around, hung around, hung around, and then when they finally got the chance to land the dagger – that's exactly what they did. So in six A, it's Maryville, McMinn, Bradley, and Cleveland. Those are your top four that uh, that make the playoffs out of Region Two Six A.
1: Cleveland just kind of let this game slip away before they came back, and it just felt like it was going to be all Udaawah. Fisher Perry injury happens, and it just like it just turned the tide for Cleveland. This right here shows me that. Cleveland has some, you know, Cleveland's always had some kind of grit to them this year. They've kind of won games that maybe they shouldn't. They had some overtime games. They had this. They had that. You know, to me, I, I really would have liked to see Udwa in the playoffs. I, I think that they can do some good things when they when it, when it kind of clicks. Uh, but Cleveland gets the win. They're in the playoffs. And that's the second time that, that this game has been a factor in two years. It's the second time in two years that this game has been a factor in who gets that four seed. Uh, just because of the way that region is, when you got Maribel at the top, it just it kind of closes everything up for everybody else because it's not a it's not like you can you know get one of the four seeds. It's like you got to get one of the two one of the three seeds, and then you got Marion right. County and Bradley, and now it's like oh crap, we got to get the we got to get one. There's only one seed left for all, for all the rest of us here. So you know, I mean, it's it's one of those situations. But hats off to Cleveland for doing what they did and uh, getting the win and ending up in the playoffs.
0: Baylor and Brentwood Academy. This will be the, uh, the last game that we'll take a look at this week uh, in our Week 11 review, final week of the regular season. Baylor had the lead, and then they couldn't hold on either. Brentwood Academy, the top-ranked team in Division two 3A, 21-20 was the final. And I feel like, Chandler, this is one of those games that really shows you how competitive Division two is. And the reason why I think Division II, uh, AAA – Division 2, 3A, whatever you want to call it, I feel like that is going to be the most competitive and the funnest bracket to follow in the playoffs because I think literally every week anybody can beat anybody else. And I think the fact that Baylor had Brentwood Academy on the ropes and ready to land the knockout punch and couldn't do it, I think it just shows you that. I think it goes to, to show you how close all these teams are. I don't think there is a dominant team in Division 2-3A. I really don't. And I think when we get into November, uh, I think it's going to be wide open when the playoffs start there. Elijah Howard uh, had 170 yards rushing for Baylor in this game, by the way. So uh, 21-20 win for Brentwood Academy. What's your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, it, it, Chris, it almost it felt like well, I was watching this game. I, I, you know, I'm over here in the studio um, on Friday nights tweeting out scores and everything. The reason I'm tweeting out scores is because I can pull up five or six games right here at my, you know, right here at my computer. I got plenty of screens here that I can watch. Um, And so I was watching this game, and I I kept getting drawn to it because it was like a knockdown drag out, and then Baylor just kind of started pulling away. It just felt like Baylor was in so much control, even when they were up by a score. It felt like they were just such in control of this game. And, And that's what really kind of, you know, kind of threw me for a loop was that, Baylor was kind of in control. It wasn't the, oh, we're struggling, we're just trying to get by and trying to stay past. It was like we were in control. They were doing what they needed to do. The defense was stepping up. And to me, until that, like, four, they were they were in control for, like, three and a half quarters of this game. They were. Uh, you know, and then Brentwood Academy just has, like, two scores, but you know, in the fourth quarter to kind of take that game back over and win it by a point. Chris, there, there's really not a, uh, a dominant team. The only dominant team I could think of was Christian Brothers. They were the one seed out there out west. They lost to NBA Friday night. Yeah. I mean, and that was – you know, NBA's. I think they're probably the two or the three seed in that region, if not the – yeah, they're the two seed in that region.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it is – I I think this is as wide open of a division as there is in in high school football in terms of the playoffs. I mean, I think that bracket could – I think it could literally be a mess by the end. I mean, I, I just, you know.
1: Brentwood Academy is undefeated, but they've had so many close games with Division II AAA teams this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, Macaulay I mean,
0: almost had them earlier in the year and couldn't close the deal. Uh, yeah. You know, like I say, we, we talked about. Knox
1: Catholic was a 27-21, and Knox Catholic's the last place team, I believe, in that they'll probably end up being the one of the last two teams in that. And they're not even going to make the playoffs. They played a, a one-score game with them. I think there's been maybe one game this year that they've played in their region that has been more than a a one-score game?
0: If you were going to list a favorite there, Brentwood Academy would probably be the favorite. Absolutely.
1: absolutely. Yeah,
0: I mean, they they would probably be the favorite. But again, I don't think they're a shoe-in necessarily. It's not like anybody's engraving the trophy for them already. I mean, I think that either anybody can beat anybody on any given Friday night in Division two, three, eight. That's the way I feel about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, even McCauley last year, you know, they, they lost to Innsworth. They were close with Brentwood Academy. They were close with Baylor. I mean, if you're going to win a championship there, you're going to take a bunch of bruises on the way. You're not going to get out of Division 2 triple A, unscathed. I mean, McCauley was 11-2, and two and, uh, you know, one of those losses was in their region. So, I mean, to me, is it going to be – I think Brentwood Academy is obviously the favorite here. I mean uh, – do you really want to pick against Brentwood Academy? I mean, they've been like a dominant force in the state of Tennessee for decades. I mean, that's just what they are, Chris. But uh, I think you're right. This is – it's about as wide open. I think this may actually be more wide open than Division II AA this year. And I think that's crazy to say because Division II AA is always so wide open. I think there's some favorites there that are going to dominate, whereas in Division II AAA, I don't know that – I don't think there's going to be a game in that tournament. There may be one game in that entire tournament that's – what, four, five, six, seven games? One of them might be a blowout. I
0: doubt any of them are going to get outside of a, a score. Yeah. I think it'll be fun to watch. I think it'll be yeah. fun to watch. So if you're ready, Chandler, let's get to our Friday night reveals. go through and kind of tell you what we learned a little bit uh, on Friday night and things that were revealed to us. Chandler, I'm going to start. i got a couple of things here. Uh, first thing, watch for Marion County in the 2A playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think I've said before, I didn't feel like this team had, had the feel of a state champion team But based off of what we saw from them Friday night and the way they've handled business here down the stretch of this season, I feel like this is a team that can they be a quarterfinal team in the 2A playoffs? Very much so. Very much so. I would not want to have to be, uh, you know, Westmoreland or, you know, some of those schools that are going to have to come in and play them. Watertown, uh, Trousdale. Yep. Watertown, Trousdale, uh, Tyner again, possibly. I mean, I, I think Marion County that Right now is playing their best football, so watch out for them in the two A playoffs. Another question for you, Chris? Yeah.
1: Do you think if Bledsoe County and Marion County had played in Week Eleven, that that score would be any different?
0: Oh, I don't know. That's so. That's so tough. I feel like Marion County. I
1: think I really, I really think Marion County is the better team right here, right now.
0: I kind of because feel. Of that win. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I, I kind I of fell. feel the. I kind of feel the same way, but that's so hard to say. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's just so hard to say what what would have happened. So, uh, you know, the fact is, when they played it earlier, Bledsoe County was the better team. I think Marion County has gotten better as the season has gone on. That's a sign of good coaching, and um, you know, we we've talked before about you know Dale Pruitt and kind of his mm-hmm. pedigree as a uh, as a coach and, and all the things that he's accomplished. And, you know, you got you got a guy like that, this is what you want to see, especially because, you know, he didn't get a spring practice. So, yeah. you know, a lot of the things that they wanted to do at Marion back in the spring to have ready for August, they were just trying to get implemented in August to be able to use. So, literally, they are probably just now to the point of where, they're starting to figure things out, and I think that's what we're kind of seeing from them now is you're seeing a team that is that is starting to peak late in the year. We'll see what it means, but again, they are, in my opinion, a team to watch out for in the 2A playoffs.
1: Yeah, mid to and stride at the end of the season. That's yeah. really what they're doing there, Chris.
0: Yeah, congrats to Bledsoe County on finishing the season undefeated. That's yep. awesome. Uh, congrats to Whitwell on getting a win and securing a playoff spot for them. Congratulations to Meigs County for finishing the season unbeaten. Congrats to Signal Mountain on getting a win over Sweetwater and getting that final playoff spot. And then congrats to East Ridge and their kicker, Luis Serrato, who kicked a 20-yard field goal Friday night, Chandler, with three seconds left to give East Ridge the win over Hickson East Ridge is 6-4, and four, and they are headed into the playoffs. So congratulations to Coach Tim James and the Pioneers.
1: Chris, I, what of mom was actually to talk about Hickson for a second. I feel like Hickson is almost there. Are you sold a little bit more that Hickson is kind of building up a little bit? Not that they're there yet, but that they're building up more than we expected them to this year? Uh,
0: Hickson is an improved team, yes. There is no doubt. Hickson is um, –
1: they're, they're a field goal away from going to overtime and possibly
0: going to the playoffs. They are. I mean, they are. And, and again, Hickson – And they lost the game, but – Hickson is an improved team, and I think they are one to keep an eye on next year. Um, and remember, this is a team that their two best players transferred out before the season started.
1: Mm-hmm. imagine if you had the, two wide receivers, right? Well, it was a quarterback
0: I mean, and a wide receiver.
1: Quarterback and a wide receiver. Imagine you have those two who have experience under the belt there going into this season. I, I can't imagine they missed the playoffs with those two. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's, as
0: close as they were this year. There's no doubt. The two kids they lost were difference makers. There's no doubt. No doubt.
1: Yeah. Um, my first one here, my, my second one was actually Hickson there, but since you mentioned I figured I'd go ahead and mention it. Brainerd uh, may be slipping. Um, uh, you lose a game. Now, Now I may be missing something. Uh, I didn't see anything about any players injured, any players out. There may be, Chris. But to to me, you end the season with two straight losses. Now, you lost to Pearl Cone, which is all who's always a solid. Yeah, that's opener, a, there's no play. shame in losing you know, to Pearl Cone. No shame Cone. in that. None. None um, whatsoever. But then you lose to Mid-Central. And Mid-Central, for lack of a better term, Love Derek Davis and them, but this year they've been a, a bottom feeder in that region. Uh, they hadn't had a win at all this this season in that region. I don't believe um, because I think the other team that was down there with them was Sweetwater, and of course Sweetwater just didn't win um, or won uh, beat them. I believe in that game that they played. To me, Chris, I, it doesn't give me a lot of confidence because now Brainerd's going for being the two seed because they lose that game to now having to go on the road. Against uh, you know they have to play Smith County. I, I don't I, you know I don't know where Smith County is. I know they I know they've been kind of up and down this season. I know they've kind of been dominant and then everybody in that region four three A as you'll learn, Chris, and all the people that listen to this podcast will learn. This it's it's about to end. This roller coaster is about to end because they're about to get a whole new region next year, Chris. Because Upperman's going up and York is going down. It's a roller coaster. And every team in that region is a roller coaster except for Upperman and until, last, until this year, Sequatchie County, because they seem to be the most consistent in there. And now you turn around and it's just it's just all over the place. But anyways, Brainerd's going to have to go on the road to Smith County. That's quite a drive for Brainerd. And they, did, I think they went to Tullahoma. That's even farther than Tullahoma for them uh, to go to Smith County. You know, I, I'm worried about Brainerd now because now they're going to have to play Red Bank in the second round, if they do get past Smith County, because you know yeah. there's no way Granny Kay's beating Red Bank. I just I just go ahead and say it right now. A- and then you've got to play somewhere in there. <laughs> You're going to have to play Upperman or Loud. And you know, I, it just turned really really bad on because instead of getting Upperman in the second round and possibly a a a, uh, a Red Bank in the fur in the in the third round, now they're kind of sh- now they're on the outside looking in. Really is what they're doing.
0: Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of with you. I, I don't know any details. I didn't get a chance to, to watch that game. I hadn't talked to anybody that was there, that game between them and McMinn Central. I know this much. You know, McMinn Central held McMinn County to their lowest offensive output of the season mm-hmm. back in the first week. So. I think there's some pieces there for Derek Davis, and I think Derek's one of the best coaches in our area. So I'm not surprised that they were able to step up and pull the upset. Brainerd's been a great story this year. They were a, they have been really, I think, one of the more surprising teams in our area. Just how well they've played. I'm with you though. I think losing two straight this time of year, that's not at all what you want to see. And I hope they can get it back and get back on track soon because they've got a tough road to go in the playoffs. Smith County, that is Carthage, Tennessee, uh, where they have zero cell phone reception in that stadium. It is the worst. <laughs> it is the worst place I have ever been to try to get cell phone service. I mean, it's it's god awful. It great traditional program
1: there. Oh, but, they have been. Gary Rankin yeah, was the coach but, there.
0: Yeah. yeah, Jimmy Maynard. But they've they've had some great right, they teams
1: call it the, out there. They call it the Bowl. It's, exactly it's right. Like, it's not like Sequatchie County where you're up on the hill or you're at field level and you can kind of walk around. Everything is downhill. You park downhill. You walk uphill. And then to get down in the stands, you have to walk downhill. So it's uphill both ways <laughs> for, all, for all the people that say that in, in the snow or whatever. It's not a great stadium to go to. I think I've only been to it once. Uh, constantly when Sequatchie County would have to play on my parents' Have had my brothers have been, have played at Sequatchie County over the over the past few years when they were in that region with them, and every year they have to go to Smith County. They hate it because it's such a walk, and of course you know the family complains. You have the older people that you know they're having a hard time getting around anyway. It's just not a good situation uh, geographically, I should say. That's the best way to put it, right, Chris?
0: Yeah, no, it's it's not a it's not good. It's a cell phone. reception. I got the
1: family out there, so I got to mince my words a little. bit. Yeah, cell. So.
0: I'll <laughs> say it. Cell phone reception there is horrible. It's in the middle of nowhere.
1: I, I still love my family out there
0: if I'm you're not, listening to this. I, I won't be running for mayor of Carthage anytime soon. But
1: oh, boy. Anyways, um, last thing I got, Chris, um, Ch- uh, uh, Grace Badness gets their uh, – Grace gets a win, their, their win to close out the season against Grace.
0: I don't know if you saw it in Sunday's <laughs> paper or not, but uh, Mark Weedmer wrote a fantastic column. About Bob Ateca, who is the the head coach at uh, at Grace, and about all that he has been through this season. This is a guy that, back on Easter Sunday, lost his home mm-hmm. and the place that he works were both destroyed because of the tornado. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, he had a whole bunch of kids quit his team. And so he dealt with losing his home. Losing the school that he works structurally and then having a whole bunch of kids quit on him. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that they have been able to hold it together as well as they have, um, to me, I just think that's fantastic. And for them to end on a high note, I thought it was, it was a, it was a rough season, but I thought it was a great way for them to end things. And it's a very good article in Sunday's uh, Chattanooga Times Free Press by Mark Weedmer. Who, um, if you haven't read it, I would encourage you to go pick that up. Especially if you're a high school football fan, you'll uh, you'll appreciate that because that was a it's a great story. And um, man, they the the folks at Grace they've been through a lot this year. So for them to be able to pull that off, I thought it was a I thought it was a good win. Good win. Too
1: many. By the way, too many schools with the name Grace in the state. Of no,
0: now we've we've already had Chattanooga Grace. Now we in, in Knox Grace. Now we've got Franklin Grace. Yeah,
1: of course they've all been there for a while. But as the time goes on, you got Chat Grace and Franklin Grace who are in the same. They're all you know Division two schools. You got both of them who are in the same region, basically, because this is. The I had never heard. Delta. I had never heard of Franklin Grace. It's actually Shilt. Grace Christian. Both both the ones in Knoxville, had, Knoxville and Franklin, had the same name. In fact, Grace Baptist is the the standout from those two because it's Grace Baptist. The other two are Grace Christian. That's one how we in Franklin one in
0: Knoxville. That's how we Baptist roll. <laughs> Standing out. Standing. Standing out. But, oh, but, but seriously. I uh, love a good
1: casserole, Chris. I yeah, love a good casserole.
0: Exactly. Don't you?
1: <laughs> I grew up half Baptist, half Methodist, so I love a good casserole. Yeah,
0: what was the old Ray Steve? Did you ever hear the, the Ray Stevens joke about he grew up half Baptist and half Catholic? He was a cactus? A
1: <laughs>
0: cactus. It was funny when Ray Stevens told it. Anyway, uh, but no, good <laughs> Congrats to those kids at Grace because that's uh, that's good. That's good. It's a good story. We got to get Coach Ateca to come on and uh, and spend some time with us. He is going to be at the top of of our short list of coaches that we want to talk to in the spring because that's Absolutely. a heck of a story there that they have had to go through this year. I mean, that is a uh, that's tough. And I know it's been tough on him to have to go through and deal with that. And uh, but he's a class guy and um, and good for them. I was glad they won. I really was.
1: Always. Yeah, that, that was just a good win to see. I, it's always fun to see two schools with the same name play each other and then one beats the other, you know. Just, I'm just – we didn't preview it
0: or else I would have said, who you got, Grace or Grace? Great. Well, either way, I, I was going to be a winner, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for us. Chandler, you got anything else, anything you want to add before we get out of here?
1: Man, it's just – it's been a great season. I, I, I can't tell you, you know, it's – It's been an interesting season, I'll tell you that. A lot of seasons we go through, you know, the first season we had on the show, Chris, I really loved it. You know, you kind of got a feel for how the season was going to flow a little bit. The second year, it kind of got to the the situation where it wasn't boring or anything, Chris. It was just we knew what was coming, and we knew because the schedule was the same and all that kind of stuff, they changed up. And now this year we thought it was going to be the same again because the schedules didn't change from last year. And now we had 2020 to thank for all these inconsistencies wow. and all these little things. So, you know, I, I'm a. I, I, it was a great season, Chris. It was a headache of a season. I'll tell you that because we got we would record this year for the people that don't know behind the scenes. We and we may still end up doing this. We would record for that day. And we may not even know that these games are going to be canceled. If these games are going to be canceled before we even get this thing up on the podcast, or before Friday when you're listening to it, or and every and Friday.
0: Yeah, and we didn't have that happen too often this year, but we did have no. once or twice, I think, where we had previewed a game, and then, yeah. you know, we find out, you know, Friday that the game that we just, you know, spent eight minutes discussing wasn't going to happen. So, yeah. but you know, again, that didn't happen to us too too much this year. But um, it. it this has definitely been a challenge for everybody, there's no doubt, and in a lot of sports, not just football, but the other prep sports I know have, your, have been impacted.
1: Your most odd moment from this 2020 season that was just the – what was the oddest moment for you in this season? Oh, the
0: Marion County-South Pittsburgh game not being played. Okay. Doesn't get much more odd than that. And the way the whole thing – just just the way that whole thing unfolded yeah. um, and, and the war of, of words that ensued afterwards um, – <laughs> It wouldn't be a South Pittsburgh mary County robbery true. If, That's if, true. If, if there
1: weren't a war of words. On That's true. That's
0: true. But uh, um, but yeah. So for me, our,
1: ne- our next uh, documentary is going to be on that game and what. Oh after was canceled. Oh my
0: gosh! Oh my gosh! You won't be allowed back in that county. Um, <laughs> I've
1: already kind of kind of.
0: Had I was going to say you know. you're you're not allowed in Jasper. I don't think, but <laughs> they. Um, but no, that one to me that was the strangest thing, and, and I'll tell you, I'll say one other thing too. The fact that we were able – if you would have told me in August uh, you're going to be able to get in 10 games on TV this year because they told us – the CW told me before the season started, they said, look, if we get a game this year, if one of the games that – here's the 10 games we're going to do. If this game – if any one of these games get canceled – we will not do a makeup. We're not going to rearrange things and scramble to try to find a game to put on. We just won't do a game. And I fully expected, out of looking at that schedule, and I thought, you know, if we can get eight games in, I'll be happy. And yeah. doggone it, we got all 10 of them in. So, Especially
1: since you're not just Tennessee, it's Georgia, too. Yeah, because yeah,
0: we have to deal with those, uh, those Georgia schools down there as well three games in Georgia and seven games in Tennessee. And so. That, to me was uh, how about that that was my biggest shock was the Marion County South Pittsburgh rivalry not getting played. that my biggest surprise was the fact that we were able to get ten games in on our um, on our TV schedule. So
1: I guess the two biggest shocks for me, I, I was shocked by Marion County South Pittsburgh. I really was. but one of the things that shocked me was the fact that two years in a row, we've been robbed, and I'm gonna scream it to the rooftops until I die, Chris. We were robbed of Red Bank South Pittsburgh in probably the two best years that both of them have been good in a really long time. Yeah, and Kansas we're not going to
0: – Yeah, the, the, here's the deal. Neither one of them, I think, will be as good next year as no. what they are this year. Now, Red and Bank, they're not
1: guaranteed to schedule each other. Each, each
0: exactly, year exactly. Red Bank, I think, will be pretty good. I think they're they're both going to be pretty good, don't get me wrong. Mm. But yeah. they're not going to be the level they have been the last two years. Yeah, I mean, you don't get. I mean, that was like
1: our like a uh, Super Bowl because it was like the the two of the better teams in our area at their peaks. I got to remind you, at their peaks. I'm not saying all time, but at their peaks for the moment, and they were going to play each other. Man, I, I just, I'm still sour over the first time that didn't get played about lightning and all this other stuff. And it, other games got played that night. And that was the biggest shot. The other one for me was right out of the gate. So many games that were canceled or just taken off. Especially in Division Two with McCollie, Boyd Buchanan, all those, that they were just taking off that that quickly, and it was just a region schedule for the most part for you know these teams. Um, I think that was the biggest shock. Where I kind of thought the season was going to fall apart at that point because you had teams that were saying, "All right, we're going to play a region schedule. We're not going to play these first few games," and then I felt like it was going to fall apart. But I'm glad it didn't, Chris. That was the shock because I thought that's what was going to happen when that came through. But. Uh, you know, uh, and of course, I'm optimistic. Don't get me wrong. I, I wanted it to happen, blah blah, but it was just—it was a very big worry that right out of the gate, there were teams already canceling games in in mass, not just like that week, just in mass because of you know there were COVID stuff and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just glad we got through the season. Honestly, that was the biggest shock that we actually got through the season with a sense of normalcy. Because yep. and, and by the way, I want to point this out real quick. I'll probably talk about this in playoffology uh, when you hear it. Out, out west, I was looking. We're going to be doing. By the way, Chris, I wanted to say this real quick. We're going to be doing our bracket challenge again. So if you're oh listening gosh. to this, <laughs> so if you're listening to this, you can go on setmpreps.com. You can find the bracket challenge there. Go fill it out. Uh, we'll have a prize for you this time. And I think it may actually be like a gift card or something this time. It'll be out of my pocket. So if you win, you get something from me. Chris has no bearing on it, so don't thank him. Um, and I will say this. Uh, it's gonna be a fun year, but I, I was looking at the brackets when I was filling them out yesterday, Chris. And like out west, there are full like four you know, you know, you'd have the pods right there, like we had the pod for the two regions or whatever. There's a pod in the bracket, yeah, there were full pods where one region wasn't there because they were all in Shelby County. Wow. And so it was just all buys. So wow. I don't want people I want people to remember that Memphis really never got to play, yeah. That's true. And so I don't I don't think Memphis ever stepped on the field when it came to football. I don't think so. So so teams from Memphis are going to be non-existent. You know, there are a bunch. Of, I think Widehaven's Havens out out there. You know, you got some great schools out there. They're not going to be in the mix. And I want to remind people of that because that's that's a weird thing that I saw yesterday that kind of shocked me. Was oh crap, like full parts of this bracket are just not here because teams and counties said no, we're not playing football. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, So you've got Playoffology. When's when's the new episode going to drop for that? Tuesday? Uh, That's going to
1: be – we usually do it on Tuesday. We gave it an extra day so we could get all the stuff we need to get in. That's going to be Wednesday. Okay. Uh, So it's going to be dropping Wednesday, and then we'll have the next episode of this podcast on that Thursday. We're going to have Donovan Stewart on Playoffology this week, and I don't know. We may have – who knows if we'll have a guest this week. Coming up, but we will have uh, Donovan coming up on Playoffology, and hopefully another guest on this show on Thursday, Chris.
0: Yeah, we'll see what we can. Um, we'll have to see what we can find for this week, but uh, we will. Um, we will be back with you again on Thursday, and we'll be looking at the first round of the playoffs. So, don't know exactly what games we'll be talking about yet, but uh, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll. Uh, We'll preview a couple of games, and we'll get you ready for the first round of the TWSWA playoffs. It all begins this Friday night. So thanks for being with us. That's going to do it for Chandler and I. Chandler and John on Wednesday with Playoffology. Chandler and I back on Thursday here on SETN Preps to talk first round of the playoffs. Until then, so long, everybody, and have a great week.
1: Do you ever feel like your voice isn't heard when you're listening to a podcast? You want to yell, you want to scream, or you just want to tell us that we're doing a good job or maybe we might actually be right? Imagine that. Then go to anchor.fm. You can go on the app, you can go on the website, you can go right on your phone on the browser, and you can record a voice message. That's right. You can let your voice be heard on the SCTN Preps podcast. Just go to anchor.fm and go to our page, SCTN Preps, and you can leave a voice message and tell us what you think.